Hey friend, welcome to Living in the Light. Each week, I will sit down with a friend who is an artist or creative as they share their story of how Jesus brought them from the dark and into His glorious and powerful light. At the end of each episode, I'll be diving into a passage of scripture and bringing you truth straight from the Word of God. This is a space for you to be encouraged and to remember that you matter and that with God, even the messy parts of your story have incredible purpose and meaning. I'm here to bring real life to light. Hey friend, welcome back to the podcast. Today on the show, I have a sweet friend of mine that you are going to absolutely adore. You're going to hear from 13-year-old Broadway star, Anna Haller. She may be young, but this girl has faith that can move mountains. What you should know about Anna is that she starred in the Broadway production of Frozen as young Elsa in 2019, performing around 70 times. Anna and I connected when I was in Mean Girls. She reached out to me and shared her Broadway story, that she was a follower of Jesus and was encouraged seeing another performing artist who was older than her, who loved to talk about Jesus and was living for him. This girl has the gift of faith. She believes deeply in her heart that Jesus loves her and cares for her and forgives her, and the light of Christ is shining bright through her life and through her platform, even as a little one. In today's episode, Anna shares her heart for Jesus, what she's learning about Him through His Word, and we talk about the powerful gift of mentorship and discipleship and the need for it in our lives as Christians. Anna is a part of my online Bible study community, Rise Collective Women, and you guys, she may be young, but she is spurring us all on in our faith and in our walk with God. I love her to death, and I know you're going to love her too, so be encouraged by my conversation with Anna Haller. Well, Anna, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Okay, you're the youngest guest that I've had on the podcast. How does that make you feel? I feel honored. Like, I feel like I might make a difference in some people's lives. Wow. Yeah, you will. You will by showing up here and sharing your story. And I know you're already making a difference in a lot of a lot of people's lives that are watching you. So I'm excited to talk more. Me too. Anna, I want to ask, when did you first get started performing? What has that looked like for you? Um, I started performing. Well, I started singing lessons first because my mom, I had always loved to sing. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe she can go somewhere with this. So we did voice lessons. I started in like 2017. Mm -hmm. And the past year, I did a Broadway camp over the summer. Okay. And it was like a bunch of um, Broadway professionals came in and they were like, almost like scouts there in a way. But so when I did, they had these like mock college auditions and there happened to be a casting agent that was doing them. And so I sang a couple songs. She recorded them and then sent them to casting agents up in New wow. York. And like a week later, I got a call that I got into the final callbacks for Young Elsa, which I didn't even audition for in the beginning. That is crazy. Yeah, it was so fast. So we flew up in the like next week and I found out the next week that I got it. Oh my gosh. So did you ever imagine, did you dream? I want to be on Broadway one day. Is that something that has really been a goal of yours? Just recently, like not 
since I was little, but I'd always like admired people on Broadway. So I was like, maybe that can, I can do that. And so it was really cool to see how it happened so quickly. So quickly. And we share that in our stories. We were talking about that the other night that both of us were kind of propelled into our Broadway journey very quickly. And it doesn't always happen like that. So what did you learn from that? What was it like just going from, you know, living in North Carolina to being flown up to New York City and you know, there's the costume fittings and there's all of the things that go into, I'm sure you had the wig fitting where you got yeah. <laughs> your Elsa wig. There were so many things that were just unexpected and probably so sweet. What was, what was that like? It was just like a learning lesson to be like, oh, sometimes God's plan can be super unexpected and yeah. happen just like that. So I have to learn to be grateful for like just the simple things in my life, like my family my house, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. I kind of took for granted. And when I didn't have them in New York, I missed them. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about that recently too, with the pandemic. It's, it's felt so normal to be at home with my family and um, to be close to them. And then you just never know when life's going to change. And mm-hmm. these things that are just normal to us could quickly be taken away. So yeah. Wow. That is awesome. Anna, what do you love most about storytelling? Because that's really oh. what we do in the in the Broadway world and in the theater. I like how you can just immerse yourself into the character. Like backstage, I'm Anna, but on stage, I'm not Anna anymore. Yeah. Like yeah. you can fully immerse yourself. And then it's different for every person how they tell that story. So you get a different like perspective every time. You do. Yeah. And you have a whole different human being bringing all different Mm -hmm. life experiences into that character and bringing it on stage. Yeah. So cool. Well, we connected, Anna, we connected on social media because you reached out to me and told me you also loved Jesus and musical theater and acting. And we just became instant friends. And I love that about social media because Mm -hmm. I've met a lot of my really close friends, um, through just connections there. And it's been really sweet. And so I was so excited to have you on the podcast because I interview artists and creatives and we talk about Jesus and how he's brought us from the dark and into his glorious and powerful light. So I've been anxious just to hear about your own journey with Jesus. And uh, so I want to ask, what, what do you love about Jesus, Anna? And When did he come into your life and bring you from the dark and into his light? One thing that's been recently on my mind, I think God placed in my heart that how patient Jesus is with us. Like Mm. I can mess up a million times and I can be so unperfect and he'll still forgive me and still love me. Obviously we have to ask for his forgiveness, but the fact that we don't have to be perfect because of what he did for us. Mm. That is so good. We don't. And if we chase that, uh, it makes us feel inadequate and mm-hmm. anxious, and it makes us doubt who he created us to be. But when we place our identity in Jesus, yeah, it's, it takes the pressure off because he's perfect and we don't have to be, right? Yeah. So do you remember when he first um, just came into your heart and you were like, yes, I believe I have faith in this guy, Jesus, and I believe what he did for me. Yeah, I've always, I grew up like Christian, my whole family's Christian, and I went to a Christian school. So I was always surrounded by people who thought like me. Yeah. And so I kind of just like 
was in a way like almost lukewarm. Like I knew he was there, but I didn't understand the whys and the stuff behind it. And so when I went to New York, I realized that like I, I took for granted that too. Cause like when I realized I got to New York there, I didn't see a lot of people like that. So it made me mm. realize I might have to stick out in my faith particularly, but it was over this quarantine. Actually, I understood the why I, I found Christian TikTok. That's why, where I got it. Really? I know it was, yeah. So I got a couple videos. And so I got my first like journaling Bible, you would say. Yeah. And I started to understand why and why we need a relationship with him, not just a religion. Kind yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was, happened in this quarantine time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I kind of started, I like during the Lenten season when I was still like February, January, mm-hmm. I was still New York. And so I had started doing like picking a Bible verse every day and like journaling it. Mm-hmm. And I started to understand a little bit. And it was over this quarantine that like I fully understood. And I said my yes. Yeah. Wow. That is so exciting. So it was really getting into God's word and mm-hmm. getting to know Jesus personally in relationship for you where uh, you really understood the why behind what you believe. Yeah. Mm, and, how, and how has that changed your life? It's really just changed my perspective on life. Cause like I used to, I, I used to like want everything like materialistic kind of things. I like, I have a different outlook on life now yeah. that I have Jesus in my heart. Cause like, I realize that every day is a gift. Everything is a gift. Yeah. So like I can have joy in my circumstances, which sometimes aren't that great. No matter yeah. What. You said the materialistic thing, but that's real. I mean, it's easy to desire the things of this world, uh, whatever it may be that isn't Jesus mm-hmm. um, and discovering him and getting to know him more. We realize that all of that does, it can be taken away from us. I mean, we felt yeah. that in this pandemic time that so many of the things that we clung to, even not even realizing it um, have been taken away from us. And so when he's what remains, then we do find Mm -hmm. that, like you said, joy, that deep joy that he satisfies more than anything else can. He's enough. He's enough. No matter what. Anna here on the podcast, sometimes we talk about things that are a little bit more messy, that it can be from our stories that, um, maybe our broken parts of our story that we don't always like to talk about, because like you said earlier, it's, it's, it's our innate, I don't know, it's our instinct to want to just like lead with the perfection and to say, we have it all together. And I do this and I do this and I do this and it makes me a good person. But uh, we know with the gospel that Jesus is what makes us good, that we are not good. Uh, He is good. And so that's why we need him and we need what he did for us on the cross. Um, So how have you experienced the freedom specifically and the joy of knowing Jesus? The freedom, again, I'm going to say it again, because I just think it's so powerful that I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to like follow these set of rules that his relationship with us is limitless. There's nothing he has to hold back on. Like there's nothing Mm. we can't tell him. He understands and he guides. And like, I struggle with rules and I like think of oh if I don't do this God will punish me but I look back and I'm like that's not who he is that's not we don't have to be perfect yeah 
He won't punish you. That's that is so good. It's biblical. It makes me think of the verse in Romans 8 where it says there is therefore now no condemnation, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's like powerful. It's so powerful and it's so freeing that you can just mess up every single day and we get to an end of a day, end of the day and think Jesus Jesus died for me still. Like even though I messed up today like I'm still washed clean and forgiven. So that's powerful. And um, I think it's a a journey, you know, you're 13, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. And you're already discovering what it means to walk in, you know, the imperfections of who we are as human beings and to trust Mm -hmm. God. And so that's, I mean, that's encouraging to me that, (laughs) that we're all in this, you know, uh, this Mm -hmm. journey of just releasing releasing and surrendering our lives to Him. Anna, if someone is listening and maybe doesn't know Jesus, what would you tell them about the love of Jesus? Oh, that's a tough one. The the word love is, sorry, I interrupted you, but the word love is is my word for the year. And so I just have been fascinated with the simplicity, but also the beauty of just his love. Mm -hmm. I would say Jesus's love is just limitless. Mm. Even though you're like sometimes guilty about your past and sometimes you like think about it late at night, he still loves you. And there's, he won't take that in his mind and hold a grudge against you for that. Yeah. He'll just love you because you believe in him and he loves you because you're his child and he died for you and he wants you so bad. Mm-hmm. And so when we are guilty of our past, that verse in Romans, there's no condemnation for those who believe. Yeah. And so when you just feel such freedom in his love. There's nothing that like he can't do and there's nothing that will hold you back from him. Yeah. Nothing at all. I love that word limitless, mm-hmm. it's unconditional. It's not dependent on us. It's when I was at a summer camp, a children's summer camp um, in high school, they gave this analogy and it makes me think of like unconditional limitless love. And I think about it a lot because it's such a beautiful image, but he said um, he was talking about his own little girl. And he said, when I held my baby girl, um, there was nothing she could do that would make me love her more And there was nothing that she could ever do that would make me love her less. So it's this kind of love that is not dependent on us. It's given to us. It's a free gift. And we can take it and receive it. But it's not, like like you said, it's not dependent on what we do or how we mess up. It's just because he loves us. It's so good. Mm -hmm. So freeing. And I just think also sometimes, like, this is my word for the year. It's I don't know why this popped into my head, but it's renewal. So like every day is a new, every, like I have it written. I have it written on my whiteboard. I'm reading it. It's the state of being made new by the Holy spirit. And so I just like, when I wake up every morning, I just remember what I did yesterday, his blood covers and we are cleansed and we are renewed and his mercies are new every morning. Yes. That's a verse too. I love it. Oh, that's beautiful. So just thinking, you're thinking that every night as you go to bed or every morning as you get up mm-hmm. or just all yeah. the time, just renewal. Yeah, renewal. That's been on my heart this new year. I love it. I wanted to read, um, it was Matthew 18 that I sent you last night, right? Oh, so good. 
I actually read that. That was crazy. Yeah. I was doing a Bible plan and I just read it and I was thinking about that. Oh my gosh. What Bible plan? It was, um, it's like the new, um, I think it's called the new Testament in 90 days. (gasps) Okay. So you're doing a Bible reading plan. That is the new Testament in 90 days. Tell us more about that. Um, I was, it was actually, it was not Matthew, but it was the same passage in Mark. Okay. So I just got into Mark and it's, um, I got invited into it by like someone who had friended me. I don't really know them, but yeah, it's just like, it's just community is so good in our community. We need community. We need community. We are friends on the Version app. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. For those of those of you listening who don't have the Version Bible app, it's really cool. And oh, it's, it's this like Bible application where you can read the Bible on it. You can go through different plans and you can be friends with other people reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. So Anna and I are friends on there and we can like like verses that we highlight and watch as we read through different plans. So it's, it's really cool that mm-hmm. so you're reading this in Mark, which is cool about the gospels that when you read through the gospels, you hear a bunch of the same stories again, because they're all accounts, different accounts of yeah. his life and ministry. Um, and we were talking about last night, Anna, this, um, I sent you this first because just thinking about your faith, um, and your age and just how encouraging it is to just see you, um, eager for Jesus and chasing after him. I thought about when Jesus talks about little children and it says in Matthew 18, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. He called a little child to him and he placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Oh, it's so beautiful. So good. What do you think that means? I just, oh, so good. I just think it means that like one thing I'm, this might not be a correct analogy, but like sometimes when you tell kids something, oh, they'll believe. They'll just like be like, oh, they don't doubt. They don't, yeah. won't, won't doubt what you, the parent says. So yeah. that's what we need to do. We can't doubt what he says, what God says to us. Mm, that is a really good analogy. Yeah. It's a trust, a childlike faith and belief. And yeah, they are, they do have a dependence where you tell them to do something or you say some. I remember actually as a kid, someone told me something about like dolphins and how dolphins were like the skin. I love dolphins are my favorite animal. This might not be a very good analogy either, but it's kind of funny I because it works a little bit. Um, <laughs> but they said the skin of the dolphins was like used to make mayonnaise. So then I wouldn't <laughs> eat mayonnaise because I was like, I do not want to abuse dolphins. I love dolphins. But I like... I'm saying that because I took that as fact. Like someone told me that and I was like, Mm -hmm. that's the truth. Dolphins (laughs) are in mayonnaise and I love dolphins. Um, But yeah, that's so funny. We can't doubt what what God says. Um, I love that passage. Hey friend, it's Laura Lee. And I want to take a moment to share with you something that I think you might love. Do you desire connection with women who love God and love each other? I think we all do. Do you want to learn more about the Bible with other women? It's the best. Rise Collective Women is an online community of women united in Christ, rooted in God's Word, and rising up for the glory of God. We have weekly Bible study gatherings led by me every Saturday morning. 
We divide up into core groups. You have a leader and you get to connect closely with that group every week. We've been doing this for a year now and it is truly the best. In addition to that, our online community has recently launched on a new platform that has become our new online home. Through Rise Collective Women Online, you can make your own profile, share who you are, access our events, meet other women and learn about where they're from and what they love. Many of the friendships are becoming real life friendships because women are finding each other in their different places and connecting. We are daily encouraging each other in the faith, sharing truth from God's word and staying grounded together. I know that friendships and finding Christian community is especially challenging right now. And this group of women wants to embrace you with love and encourage you in your growth in the faith. For only $4.99 a month, you can join me in our community at Rise Collective Women Online. You'll get access to our space and resources and the opportunity to make new friendships. In addition to that, you'll receive your very own subscription to Right Now Media, the world's largest on-demand video Bible study resource library. We are currently in the middle of a Bible study series called How to Read Your Bible, but we will be beginning our numbers study called With Us in the Wilderness by Lauren Chandler on Saturday, March 27th. You do not want to miss it. You can find more information about that in the link in the show description to sign up and join us at Rise Collective Women today. Now back to my conversation with Anna. Annie, you told me you had loved listening to the podcast when I reached out to you. Um, And that was just so exciting to me to hear that you had loved it and that it was touching you. But I want to ask, how has it been encouraging to you as a 13-year-old who's been on Broadway and is in the industry to have mentors and role models to look up to uh, who are artists and creatives who love Jesus? It was really encouraging and inspiring to see people who were Christian and followed Christ like willingly and were not afraid to talk about their faith. Because mm. I sometimes like I struggle with yeah. getting afraid to talk about it and to see someone who's so bold and just so loving towards everyone and just puts Jesus in the center of their lives in this industry is just so mm. inspiring. And yeah, I, I completely agree. I think about how encouraged I have been. Uh, hearing the people's stories that I brought on the podcast, um, the women who are ahead of me. I know that I'm ahead of you. And then there are people that are ahead of me in the industry um, who I have gotten to hear from. And it's been encouraging to me to hear them just step up and to to say, I love Jesus. This is how he's changed my life. It's the most important. It's the most important thing about us, right, Anna? Mm-hmm, it's, yeah. He, he is He is the center of our life. So um yeah, it's just, why would I not want to share the gift that mm-hmm. he's given me um, in himself to the whole world, right? Yes, amen, more of him. Yeah, and I, I mean, there are enough challenges as it is um, in this industry and all the things that you have to navigate um, just to be reminded that we have peace and hope and joy mm-hmm. um, in him is, I mean, there's just nothing better, right? Mm-hmm. It's so freeing and so like, it just takes a burden off of you knowing that it takes the burden off of you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, Anna, what's next for you? I don't know. I've really protect particularly words, yeah. um, taken interest in Christian songs. Like I like, yeah, it's funny. I want to tell you, I have a voice teacher. She's, I, I got a new one. Like yeah. She, we've switched uh-huh. and her name is also Laura. And she's Aww. just like you. She's she writes writes Christian songs. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's crazy. So I, she's been super inspiring too. So I just think that like Christian songs are so powerful. Like you can, like I pull them up on my phone and you can just worship. You don't have to, especially in these times, church is sometimes not accessible for everyone right now because of the restrictions, but to just have like music that you can just listen to. Yeah. It's just amazing. So I hope to go in that industry, maybe. Ooh, that's I like cool. That. that would be awesome. I hope I get to listen to you and worship <laughs> along with your voice one day. <laughs> well, it made me think, um, I have this online Bible study community. And for those of you listening, um, Anna is 13 and she's joining us in the Bible study community. And if you're also around her age and you want to join us, um, we would love for you to come and study the Bible with us via Zoom. I mean, you never know who's listening that just wants some community and want some friends to grow in faith mm-hmm. alongside. So you should join us. Anna, what's your favorite what's your favorite worship song? Oh, I that's hard. I like the blessing. That's one that's mm. been Did you see the blessing video that the Broadway people made? No, wait, really? There's yeah, one? Yeah, I was a part of this project that my friend Ashley Lalonde did, and it's like a compilation of performing artists uh, singing The Blessing. So I'll just send it to you. Thank you. That's such a good song. Yeah, it just it like is. repeats the blessings. Like it just lets sink in into your heart. Yeah. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. Give you peace. So good. Okay, well, at the end of every episode, we usually do a little something fun. Um, In season one, I asked two fun questions, but in season two, I'm doing the lightning loves is what I'm calling it. So it's just going to be like spitfire question asking and you can't think too much about it. You just have to answer the question. Ready? Yes. A color you love? Lavender. Mm, Lavender. Broadway performer. Uh, either you or Chad Burris. Mm, oh, I love I, him. He was so good in Frozen. I he was. Him. Okay, a Broadway cast album that you love. Um, Frozen. <laughs> yes. Christian music artist. Carrie Job and like Hillsong, I think. So good. good. Ice cream flavor. Vanilla or cookies and cream. Ooh, yummy. Store to shop at. I like boutiques. I like Target. <laughs> Ooh, Target. Solid. Restaurant in New York City. Pizzerias. Okay. I want to try that place. Uh, your Starbucks order? I'll get the strawberry refresher if I, okay. I don't drink coffee. So okay. I usually get that. Okay. Uh, a costume in Frozen that you loved? Um, probably the opening with the blue. It was like a blue vest and dress. It was really pretty. Okay. Mm. And a quarantine activity that you've loved? Bible journaling, like coloring verses. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Well, that was fun. We got to know you a little bit better. Well, Anna, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I can't wait for everybody to listen to our conversation. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Laura. I was so honored. Okay, that has got to be one of my favorite conversations I've ever had on the podcast. Talking to Anna brings me life and hope because I see this young girl who knows who she is and understands whose she is. Something that I think this conversation really brings to light for all of us is the power of mentorship. 
Having someone older than you who is running the race set before them, fixing their eyes on Jesus and encouraging you to do the same is really powerful. It's also really biblical. I've experienced this firsthand, the impact of mentorship on my own life. When I was in high school, I had a woman mentoring me. In college, I had several who were mentoring and guiding me into godliness through discipleship. And now I can't imagine what I would do without having women discipling me and consistently pointing me to Jesus. So I just wanna encourage you, if you are a follower of Jesus listening and you've never really experienced this kind of mentorship before, I just wanna nudge you to pray and ask the Lord to bring that relationship into your life. And then go to your local church and seek out godly women older than you. I promise you there is one. I would argue that there are probably handfuls who want to encourage you and walk with you as you continue to grow in faith in Jesus. Listen to them. They have wisdom. They have lived life you haven't lived and they have walked with Jesus for longer than you, much longer. I promise they know a few things and could very well save you from falling. They will strengthen you and build you up in the faith as they guide you into truth. I am praying that for every single one of you listening. So this is the part of the episode where we open God's word and we learn about who our loving God is. Nothing, nothing, nothing is as life-changing or as transformative as spending time in God's word, seeking him and getting to know him. It's the greatest story ever told. And as followers of Christ, we are a part of this story. And the word is our tool that God graciously gave us to guide us into truth. Revelation 12.1 says, And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. Through my conversations with my friends who love and follow Jesus, through stories, you are getting to witness the power and glory of God on display through people's testimonies. Real lives redeemed by a real and powerful Savior. And at the end of each episode, we open the Word of God. We talk about the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who saved us all from death to walk in the light with Him. God's Word teaches us everything we need to walk in the light, to pursue holiness and godliness in our daily lives. I love this verse, and I say it often, and I'll keep saying it. 1 Timothy 3, 16-17 All Scripture is God-breathed, and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So if you have a Bible nearby or you have the Bible app on your phone, pull it out with me. Let's open it up and read it together. There's a passage of scripture today that I want to bring to light. It's found in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 18. We're going to read and focus on verses 1 through 5. Read along with me. Matthew 18, 1 through 5. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. We always start with the context. So what's going on here and how does that inform our understanding of the passage? Matthew is one of the four gospel accounts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Gospel means good news, and it's a record of the life and ministry of Jesus the Messiah. Matthew himself was one of the 12 disciples of Jesus Christ. The disciples were Jesus' chosen and appointed apostles who witnessed his ministry, his death, resurrection, and ascension. They walked closely with Jesus. He was their teacher, their rabbi, 
and they witnessed his miracles and his teachings when he walked the earth. Matthew was called by Christ. He was a tax collector, think the worst of the worst in a small town, the one who drove tension and despair into the people's lives in the place that they lived. One of the least likely to be chosen as a follower of the Savior of the world. But this is a theme with our gracious and loving God, who sees the ones on the margins and calls them by name. So now with a little bit of knowledge about the disciples that Jesus is speaking to, as well as the writer of the book, let's look at the text. Matthew 18 verse 1 says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Okay, so what a question to ask our humble Savior, the one who would later go on to lay his life down, the greatest servant, perfect in every way, yet brought to the lowest place of all. Philippians 2, 6-8 says about Jesus' humility, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And we have his disciples here asking Jesus which one of them would be considered the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Which one of us will have the most status when we're in heaven giving you glory and honor and praise, Jesus? Deep sigh. Deep sigh because I think of how easy it is to fall into this way of thinking. What I love about the disciples is that we can relate to their humanity, their sinful nature, their consistent attempt to take matters into their own hands. And then we have Jesus who responds gently and lovingly in compassion on his disciples. And he calls over a little child. I just imagine these disciples arguing and questioning Jesus about their own greatness and Jesus putting a small little child on his knee and explaining to them what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You just think about this scene and you can't help but imagine what a great softening of the heart it would have been to look at a vulnerable little kid, to see their innocence and weakness, and for that to be the demonstration Jesus gives of what is required to enter the kingdom of God. Something that also stood out to me was the fact that the disciples asked Jesus not about what was required of them to enter the glorious kingdom of heaven, as if just being in the presence of the Savior of the world, seated on the throne and risen to the heavenly places wasn't enough, the disciples are asking about their own glory. And instead of addressing that, Jesus talks about entering the kingdom of heaven. He says in verse 3, Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. He loves them so much that he cares about their salvation. And in true Jesus fashion, he brings it all back to the heart of the matter. What did they love? Did they love the idea of their own glory? Flashback to the last episode where we talked about the glory belonging to God. Or did they really love God and love Him so much as to humble themselves to their rightful place so that one day they would be glorified with Him in His ascension and resurrection with all the saints? So it's a powerful teaching moment. It's not that Jesus doesn't have a glorious anointing for His disciples and His followers. He does. For Romans 8:17 says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, 
if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. But I think that Jesus in this moment is teaching them about his humility and about the humility required in this life for the follower of Jesus Christ. He goes on in verses four through five to say, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one child in my name receives me. When we think of children, we think of lots of beautiful characteristics. What do you think of when you think about becoming like a child? A few thoughts that come to my mind are spontaneous, trusting, joyful, innocent, curious, weak, needy, dependent. So many of these beautiful characteristics were radiating from sweet Anna today in our conversation. Children really do depend on their parent to take care of them, to provide for them, and to be their source of guidance and counsel. Another characteristic of a child that comes to mind is being quick to trust. Children trust your word. They don't usually question the authority in their life. They're quick to take what they say as fact, especially when that person in their life has earned their trust by the way of loving them. Dependent, quick to trust. This teaching of Jesus should soften us as his child and remind us of the gift of getting to spend our whole lives walking in the light of his love in complete weakness and vulnerability, trusting in him to be our source of strength and guidance. What does being a child mean for us who are no longer children? I find that the beauty in this passage is that Jesus is reminding them that they are first and foremost always his children. That is their identity, and we will spend our whole lives becoming more and more like children, for it is who we are in him. 1 John 3, 1-3 says, The Father has loved us so much that we are called children of God, and we are really his children. The reason the people in the world do not know us is that they have not known him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and we have not yet been shown what will be in the future. But we know that when Christ comes again, we will be like him, because we will see him as he really is. Christ is pure, and all who have hope in Christ keep themselves pure like Christ. The Spirit at work in us is softening our hearts in love day by day and teaching us the true way of Jesus. Unlike what the disciples thought and what I think many of us can relate to, the way up is not the way up. The way up is the way down. This lowly position of a child is the way to becoming more like Christ, becoming like Him in His lowliness, surrendering in our weakness to His loving care, depending on Him for everything we need. He wants to take care of us. As this passage says, we do not know what we will be in the future, but we do know that we will be like Christ because we will see Him as He really is. It's about Him, friend. What I also love about children is their spontaneous curiosity. Children love life. They love big. They love freely. They laugh loud and ask big questions. They don't overthink usually, and they revel and sit in the beauty of the world around them. Everything is new to them, so they have a sense of awe about their life that I think is easy to lose sight of as we grow and mature and experience the pain and sorrow of the world. I love that with Jesus in us and with us, as we pursue the humility of Jesus, 
we find the joy of Jesus. Jesus is our source of living water, and as we let Him soften us to His love, as we are softened to the world around us and the people He created, we find that the way down truly is the best way, because it's where we see Jesus for who He truly is, and we find our identity as His children to be the sweetest gift of all. As always, I'm going to end in prayer. Father God, thank you for choosing us to be your children. Thank you for being our Heavenly Father, for caring for us, for loving us. God, help us to surrender in dependence on you, trusting that you can care for us a thousand times better than we can care for ourselves. So Lord, we we thank you and we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening, friend. Did you know that every week I send out a weekly podcast newsletter with show notes, links from the show, and a little update from me, Laura Lee? There's a link in the show description to sign up, and I'll send you an email every Monday morning. Are you a regular listener of Living in the Light, or did you listen today and do you love the show? Do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast, and if you're feeling inclined, leave a rating and a short review. This helps more people find the podcast. If you ever have any requests of guests you want to hear from or any thoughts or questions at all, you are welcome to email me at podcast at lovelarley.com. I really love hearing from you. As always, go in light and love, friend, and I will talk to you next week.